Hey there, this is Dennis Anyone with Dennis Hensley. It's a podcast about making things up and making things happen. I love talking to creative people about how they do what they do. I think art and creativity and pop culture, all of it makes the world go around. It all makes the hard times better. So I love talking to people to do it. And today I'm doing a flashback episode with a performer named John Cantwell, who created a drag alter ego named Love Connie, who I'm obsessed with. She expresses herself a lot in dance. Um, you may have seen her on RuPaul's Drag Race. And in early 2020, right before the world shut down, John put on a show that seemed to be created just for me. It was called A Little More Love Connie, and it was a tribute to Olivia Newton-John, who, as if you listen to this podcast, you know I love, and we recently lost. So I thought it would be cool to replay this podcast. We talk a lot about Olivia and our, our different obsessions with her, and we get into some other fun stuff as well. So... Um, it was recorded before I started doing everything on Zoom, and so the sound quality will be different. I was actually at John's apartment. You can hear just in our in our exchange how much we both love Olivia. And I still plan to do a little tribute to her later. September is her birthday, the end of September. So if you have an Olivia memory that you want to share or just something that you love about her, leave me a voicemail at one 647 9653 and I might play it when I do the birthday tribute in September. I also want to encourage you to consider becoming a member of DNR Studios. If you do that, you get my show two days early and you get all these other great shows as well, including the Derek and Romaine show and the flagship show, Derek and Romaine. Um, so you can learn about that at DNRstudios.com. All right, that's enough for the plugs. Here is my flashback episode with John Cantwell, aka Love Connie. I'm coming to you from the apartment of John Cantwell, a returning champion, a, a returning guest to the podcast. Not again. Not again, but I had to have you on again because your new show is oh my right God. up it's, my alley. It's the very, phones are ringing off the It's hook. very is busy in here. You've got to get your tickets fast. I know. Oh, my God. Okay, go ahead. Go Hello? Ahead and get it. Go Hello? Ahead and get it. Um, oh, it's just a robocall. I'm sorry. We don't have any tickets left. <laughs> See, I love that. Were they, um, maybe it was for the next year's Super Bowl. It could have been. Okay, I think it was the Iowa caucus. <laughs> I won. You won I the won. Iowa caucuses. I'm not there, but um, I won. You know, Super Bowl just happened, and I just watched the J-Lo uh, Shakira thing twice. I love it. I can't get enough. But I would love to see Love Connie do the Super Bowl halftime show. Well, that was my How whole... Would that, I, what would that look like? Well, I didn't watch it, but, right. you know, I saw... I, I, I just come at the end when everyone's responding to everything, and then I feel like I saw it, or I don't have to see it anymore. It's, and it's so intense. Everyone... People just try to do things that are good and entertaining, and everyone just shits on them constantly. It's crazy, our culture. Anyway. I just think of all... They think they're naked, and and coming from someone who actually performs, you know, in even a fraction of what they had on their bodies. Are they aware of how many nylons J-Lo has to put on her legs to just keep those things intact? Right. It's like a Teflon coating. I would love, I know I would love to see them, uh, to see Connie up there in a Kathy Ireland Kmart bikini that is three sizes too small and then have a problem with what they saw shaking and flapping around up there. Throngs of dancers. And then like she would do her (laughs) air piano a few riffs like she would you have to get everything oh connie i thought you were talking about j-lo and i was like wait a minute did she do oh no connie i want connie's halftime show so we're talking about connie connie is your character love connie and the new show is all olivia newton john and so i'm like this was made for me this is my gift for surviving uh the last few years of life and now i'm gonna have a a connie show and an (laughs) olivia show so tell me about the the show um 
and and the title and a little more love, Connie. A little more love, Connie. I love a play on words. Yes, I um well of. I've done about 15 shows, and most of the shows are just, you know, it's stuff, ideas that have been lingering around, whether I've wanted to put Connie in jail or, you know, um, whatever. But this um, is a show that I really, I just, a couple of months ago, I had been talking about it and everything, and then a friend of mine who sponsored the show and uh, had told me, you know, if you do it, if you do it, I will sign a check. You know, like he Somebody, really wanted this a, a to real, happen. A, Olivia fan, a, a real Olivia wow. fan, like us. And um, when I finished my last show, I thought, all right, well, what am I going to do next? Because Valentine's is usually that's when I want the real special show. Because you know, it's all about love and everything. So right. I just get excited. And I asked him. I said, "Were you being truthful, or were right. you just talking out your ass?" And he goes, "No, I'm being very truthful." He goes, "If you do that." show i will sign a check for you to produce it to produce it and i said well it's december and i said i'm gonna do it and literally within two days that check was in my hand and we were off but i really was moved not um i was gonna say the only other show where i just felt absolutely like i've got to do this and i have to do it now time is running out was when my cat died yeah it really was just hearing that Olivia had now a third bout of cancer that she survived. Right. And it just started making me really, really, really emotional. And I, you know, we lost David Bowie and we're losing all these great artists. And I feel like Olivia Newton-John is probably one of the most wonderful, having given back If you listen to the lyrics of her song, she's been singing about trees and dolphins and the earth and what we're doing to the earth longer than anyone. So I just think about that, and I thought, people need to know how uh, more about her. She is so special, and I feel like we need to celebrate her. And I think the world is. You know, my God, she's becoming a dame, if she's not already right. a dame. She so. has a new book out. I listened to the audio. It's not super dishy. I haven't, I, read, I haven't read or gotten the book. I yeah. really want to. Um, so oh, don't stop believing, which is one of her my, songs. Mine, too. I, I tried to close the show with it, but I could not find a vocal track that exists. Exist, so wow you know. now does this story does this show have a story like some of your love Connie shows it or is it more does. of a collage like it's, a cabaret it is a collage but I thought about my childhood and my first love of music she really made me love music and it was her arrangements her vocal arrangements you know it made me love harmony her counter melodies that are always on the second verse and it's usually performed on flute or violin she made me aware of counter melody and like that songs can have different melodies that go on at the same time so a lot of that stuff you know i uh, my sister had the eight tracks the first album i bought was let me be there so she's always been there so when i did start putting the show together and i got two dancers i started feeling that wow her music and the way her career evolved as far as she started out as a good wholesome girl right and she got grease and then it's like whoa she's sexy and she has a body and look at her and then that went into physical and then you know it just evolved from there and i thought you know my i feel like for a guy my age 
my whole sexual awakening also kind of happened at the same time that Olivia's kind of career sexual awakening was happening, you know, by the time right. she gets to Soul Kiss and things like that. Um, so, yeah, there's kind of a story there about, uh, I'd like to say it's a journey of kids who played dress up to her music to when we discovered our sexual identity to her music, the confidence to, you know, put on a tight black pair of pants and a sexy top and come out, go out there at the high school dance and rule the school, you know, and just to show a different facet of your personality, you know. I don't like when people say, oh, that the message of Greece is horrible. You have to change. And they always take it from the girl's, you know, her character. Right. And I'm going... He changed, too. Yeah, he did. He's wearing a Letterman sweater the entire... But, again, no one sees that the same way right. when Adam Levine takes his shirt off at the Super Bowl. It's, oh, my God, he's so hot. He's so and hot. He's objectified. Yeah. And they can't get enough because boys have always got to run around with their shirts off. Right. But it's, there's always that double standard when it comes, you know, to a woman. But even with physical, you know, as... <clears throat> and, and, and Xanadu and all that kind of... There's inspiration in there and just evolution. But, yes, it's definitely a sexy show. And, and also I have some good places where the Connie humor just comes out. Um, I don't want to give anything away, but there's one moment that I just can't wait to see the audience's reaction to, just to see if they're going to go with me. Well, I always love your shows because you don't pick the obvious songs. You, you do deep dives. Deep cuts, yes. Deep cuts. And I don't know if you want to <laughs> drop any of those on me, but um, well, I, I dropped- remember you once did Living in Desperate Times from Two oh, yeah, in yes. your show, mm-hmm. and it was like, what a great song. Yes. Um, yeah, so you, you, yeah, you we don't do, do the obvious deep- hits. Well, the weird thing is, like I say, when it started out, I was going back to all these country deep cuts because right. I, I really like loved a lot of these songs, and then... I decided I was going to drive from Los Angeles to Houston because I had to do a show and why I wanted to rent a truck and drive. Um, I don't know. But that was the moment when I said, you know what? I need to start from the beginning and I need to listen to everything. And I have everything Olivia ever recorded. And do you know that if you start with the first album in L.A., you can make it San Antonio, almost to Houston without repeating any songs. That's amazing. that much work. And I wasn't even aware of stuff that she was putting out in the last 20 years. The last, seriously, the last thing I remember was uh, Back with a Heart when she did the remake of... With Babyface. uh, With Babyface, which was 1998. Yeah. That was... 20 years ago. Oh my God, 22 years ago. I cannot believe that. Yeah. She's had literally like eight albums. I mean, stuff like The Hotel Sessions, which she recorded when she was on tour in hotels that has a song called Best of My Love yeah. that I had never heard of. I think her nephew, uh, her sister's son, may have written it or something. There you go. She, she likes those personal connections. There's a song called Grace and Gratitude, which oh, yeah. she has done in concert and says that's the song that she wants to be remembered for. And if you ever hear it, your heart... Oh my God, don't make me cry, Dennis. I might. Heart will freaking break. And, um, ew, this is going to be awful to hear tears in my voice. (laughs) Tears in my voice. That would be a great Olivia Newton-John song. Yeah, it's um, it's very emotional. Yeah, I know. I love that song. It is. And um, I literally cried every day putting the show together because, oh my God, this is so embarrassing. I'm sorry. No, this is, we love this on the podcast. She, um, I think, I think when we're all together as, you know, gay men or 
you know my fans, middle-aged straight women. Yeah. <laughs> the, Connie, bears, the Connie demo. Bears. I think we're all going to really <clears throat> just appreciate <clears throat> how much that she's given yeah. in, in the way of her artistry. Uh, it was funny. I was at a show the other night, and one of my dancers, we were. T- I was like, oh, are you going to come see the Olivia Newton-John show? And he had this, this honest question. He's like, is she really a great singer? And I kind of looked at him, and I thought, who would ever question if Olivia Newton-John is a great singer. Well... And it's because, you know, a millennial or someone who's... She's not a whaler. She's not, not Mariah. She's not Ariana. Once she's Whitney a very Houston, sweet, pure voice. Right. I think she's an incredible vocalist. Well, it is, but it's... it's You've got to look at what time she came out of, what yeah. style of music she was. Folk, pop, those... You're not ever going to say, oh, does Karen... Is Karen Carpenter... she really, like, a good singer? Yeah. Uh, yeah, idiot. She's probably top five, one of the most beautiful tones of yeah. voice you've ever heard. The thing about Olivia Newton-John is, is technically pitch perfect, you know, yeah. that, that's in all the bios, perfect pitch. And I think what really I loved about her is like, you know, take a song like A Little More Love. When she is singing the repeat of the chorus at the end, she sings that chorus different Every time it comes around again. And to me, that's a styling that Mariah Carey does. That we, They all do that. Right. But Olivia just has this soothing, melodic, like, you want her to sing you a lullaby. Right. Again, I would not... I'd let Whitney Houston sing me. I don't want Mariah Carey singing me a lullaby. Because I know she's going to wake me up at some point. Right. In the lullaby... Just when I'm drifting off to sleep, she's gonna hit Just a mouse. She's gonna hit a mouse fart. It's you know, <laughs> and it's gonna wake me up. Yeah. Well, I love the purity of Olivia's tone and her emotional connection to it. Like if you look at Suspended in Time in Xanadu, uh, that's one take, and yes. she is fucking in it. Yes. Um, but I also love the part of her voice. That's kind of her badass rock wailing, oh, very yeah. high pitched. <clears throat> she does a lot on the Totally Hot album. Oh yeah, like where she's almost—it's like whoa, oh, caterwauling. Yeah. Uh, it, uh, it's I, incredible. I call it. Uh, can we mute all of the black singers in the background and let white girl have her moment? Because and she, she's super I call high. It, I call it white girl scatting. I mean, she 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 does, and and it continued, you know. It continued through throughout the subsequent albums. It was like, oh, I've set the bar, and bitch, I'm going to high jump over it every right. album. Because there's a song I am obsessed with. You talk about deep cuts. The closing song on the Soul Kiss album. Do you know what it is by chance? Uh, it's not Queen of the Publication. No. Um, is it a ballad or fast? It's a ballad. Is it the right moment? It is. Yeah. I call it the song without a chorus. Yeah. It's this weird song. It's kind of haunting. That doesn't go anywhere, but it is absolutely haunting. So things like that are worked into the show. And it, But if you look oh, at lyrically it. like the right moment in, in the show, it comes at a point where it's like, okay, you're just, let's say we're talking about our sexuality or our identity or the, what we want to do with our career. Like at that point I was going, I really want to be a performer, but it's hard to tell your mom and dad from a conservative, you know, Southern Baptist raised family, how do you want to do that? And then it's like, well, how are you going to make money? Yeah. Um, and that song, The Right Moment is all about when are you going to step out? It's the right moment. Or are you going to let it pass you by? So 
I, I, I placed some songs in there. Hopefully people will be focused on lyrics and listening. And, and again, it's, it's, it's still vague. It's still fever dreamy. Right. Um, and I will tell you, I will be losing my mind to please don't keep me waiting. And I can. That's where she goes. That's the super highway. Off the chart. What do you call it? The, uh. You just told white me girl scats. White girl scats. White girl scats. But that's wailing. I mean, that, I don't, uh, yeah, I yeah. I would love to sit her down on a 101 and really track by track. Yeah, talk about everything that's going on. It. I don't think she ever gets her due for being the pioneer in music video that she was. She was doing full-length video albums before anybody. Well, she did that physical TV special. Yes. And well, Blondie, of course, did the first full-length yeah. album in 79. And then in 81, she did physical. And she did it for Soul Kiss. She even did it for The Rumor, which, if anyone's listening out there, that if you didn't make it past, you know, some people didn't make it past Soul Kiss, because remember, that was that. Well, she was managed by the same people that were managing Tina Turner. So I felt like at that point, she was getting all of the Tina Turner reject songs, maybe some yeah. other songs. That I felt like they picked the wrong singles on Soul Kiss. Oh, I they, felt there oh, were better did. songs on the album than I mean, Soul, Soul Kiss, Kiss is, and Toughen Up. Oh, Toughen Up is awful. It's kind of lame. That was the one that was for Tina Turner, and Tina Turner said, that song is beneath me. And then here, and have it you feels seen the like video? a Tina. Oh, yeah. my God. Well, see, I always thought Soul Kiss seem like a Tina Turner song because you could totally hear Tina because it's basically private. It's a blowjob. It's, it's basically, it's, yeah. I always thought it was called blowjob. It and it's, been. it's private dancer. Yeah. It's basically the same song, but you could hear Turner going, so kiss. Yeah. Your last man right now. Yeah. step open. Yeah, for sure. Um, I, I liked, um, Moth to a Flame. Moth to a Flame is great. Song. Uh, Queen of the Publication is great about working at a tabloid and typewriter well, sounds. the one that where she goes heavy metal, Olivia. Isn't there a three-way the one, too? Uh, emotional, tri- emotional Tangle. tangle or is it emotional Tangle. tangle. Then there's, I, um, I like the uh, Sunset Strip where she's going to uh, audition for Motley Crue. I know it's unmistakable, <laughs> radical. What can't the three? Uh, that's the three-way song. Yes, uh, it's a culture shock. It's the yes. only hope we've got. Oh my God, you know it. Yeah, yes. well, for sure. I'm all about it. Um, you have to get into the Rumor album. I like oh, it. Tuta La Vita is my favorite. On oh that. my God, Tuta La Vita. <laughs> Is it in the show? Crazy. No. Okay. Oh my God, it's right, so crazy. Um, Why does it drive you crazy? It's so celebratory. It's. I guess so. It's just, it seems, there are just a couple of those songs that are so cheesy. Like, there's that one weird duet that she has with some weird guy. You were great. How was I? Oh, my God. It's yeah. just the worst. <laughs> the songs that I love from The Rumor are Big and Strong yeah. is amazing. Right. There's that song that reminds me of the regrouped Animotion. Remember the regrouped Animotion? I do not. With Cynthia Rhodes, Tina Tech from Flashdance. She was a part of it? Oh, Yes. Sure. It was the theme song to My Stepmother is an Alien, Room to Move. You don't remember. <laughs> <laughs> room to move. I don't. That's but, all you know, I need. That's on me. I'm sorry. She I married do. Richard Marx. Of course she did. Yeah. Well, anyway, the song uh, "Teach the Children" reminds oh, yeah. me a lot of you know yeah. room to move. I love it. How about um, that? I a love regrouped, the, a regrouped and emotion tangent I, we just went on, and and then brought it right back around. <laughs> um, I love that you are t- calling the show a little more love, Connie, because a little more love. If you listen to it, it's one of the most sexually addled like she just has got to have that cock uh, it's so horny you I know what i mean you. like it's just like well and it's sort it's of like prowling it has that prowling yeah, boom, she cannot boom, boom. and, and she's it's I, almost it's almost like 
Oh, it's almost like a not like, like it's unhealthy and like she lets herself be abused almost. It's it's a it's a little wow. You're just yeah. going deep in there. I, I am. Uh, I know that you'll have your way before you, know, you have it, to go home. It's, it's a little bit weird like rapey. Me. It's a it's weird a rapey. rapey song. This yeah. weird, you know. Well, and the thing that I was kind of going off on, and I I will have to comment on it, Michelle, is the country songs are so damned codependent. I mean, every song is, if you love me, let me know. But if you don't, let me go. Yeah. But it's not about her. Like, leave. Yeah. It's no, if you, you, if you don't, let me go. It's like that freaking bachelor on TV. Yeah. It's just like, my God, girls, you know. Right. Even let me be there, a great, as great of a song yeah. as that, you know. That was all about that bass dude. Oh, listen, that was my mama's favorite. Yeah, uh, she yeah. loved that bass. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I had a thought pop into me about Olivia. Have you met her? I met her very briefly in front of the the Egyptian. Yeah. When they were doing, and I think you might have been there. It's when they were screening Tomorrow, T-O-O-R-O. Oh, no, I didn't go there. The very first she was in musical a film. Did film. she show up? Oh, she showed up, yes. That's amazing. She was shaking everyone's hand. She's, She's so super nice. By all accounts, and, incredibly and nice. And sweet, yeah. I did get to meet her. They were showing Sorted Lives, the original movie at Outfest, which mm-hmm. she was in, Del Shore's movie, and they showed it at the Renberg, mm-hmm. and I remember I was there with my friend Leslie Smith, who's sadly no mm-hmm. longer with us, Yes, and Richard Hubry, uh, who was a casting director and a and, and, uh, friend of mine at the time, and we were all super fans of Olivia. Mm-hmm. So afterwards, we all go up, and we're going to have our moment with her, and I remember Leslie said that to her that, you know, my sister and I used to listen to your eight tracks in our basement. And I thought that was, you don't want to say eight tracks, that, but that's a bummer. Like, that's going to make her feel old. So I felt like Leslie didn't quite nail it. And then I was kind of like, I had my moment, and I don't even remember what I said, but I sort of, I think I asked her about the film. Like, was it a good experience? You know, I really liked the film. I was trying to make it like, I'm interested in what you're up to now. Now, yes. Right? I was trying to be that guy. And I didn't really, I don't think I made an impact. And then Richard goes up there. And he goes, you know, I have to tell you that song, Trust Yourself, from Gaia, which is a <laughs> kind of obscure song that means a lot to her. From, that's you know, her like, best that's album. A, yeah. yeah. And she's all about Gaia. She's mm-hmm. talking, you know. Mm-hmm. And he's like, you know, when I was coming out, that song really, really gave me strength and it really meant a lot to me. And she was like, oh, my God, that's so sweet. And, like, they really... I'm Richard so- fucking nailed it. Like, between the three of us, by far the winner. I'm so and glad I said, to hear Richard, you say that. Richard, yeah. I said, that was incredible. You really won. And he goes, oh, yeah, that's not true. I made it up. Oh, my God. I was like, you can't make shit up in front of Olivia Newton-John. You know, that's, that's that thing that a lot of people, like, you know, when they, you know, like Sylvia, let's take Sylvia Miles. For, let's you know, let's take just her. Who just died recently. Yeah. And then, you know, people post about it on social media. And then you go look at the comments, and there is every male homosexual who has some... She was crazy. She was a bitch. I came up to say hi to her, and she treated me like shit because I didn't know any of her movies. And I'm like, well, then you're an idiot. You know, why would you go up to Sylvia Miles or Tina Louise or Courtney Love? for? Why would you go up and bother them and not at least, you know, like, no, especially an older actress. It's like... That's what they they want you to compliment them. All you have to do, you know, because I met Sylvia Miles was like the first celebrity or famous person actor that I knew of that I met in New York. Right. What was the first thing out of my mouth? I love you and evil under the sun. And all I had to do was say that. And then you know what I got in return? I got her <clears throat> doing 
every line reading from that show. And I was in freaking stitches. Odell, if you were a man, I would divorce you. I mean, and she performed for you. And I'm just like, that's a win-win. You have to know their movies or their songs. You have to know something about them. Otherwise, just watch them from afar. Don't bother them. Because there are people like real fans like myself and you who actually, we, we had the Gaia album. Yeah. Guy is amazing because that was the post-cancer album. It that was. She wrote and produced every song on the album. It, it is a, an amazing album, and it's in the show. It's in the show. I'm so glad to hear it. And, I'm, um, and your friend, even though he lied yeah, about that coming he did, out. He, he said he embellished. Like yes. it, it, The timing was off, but he, he embellished. But that's what happens in my part of the show is Gaia represents the time of there's danger out there. There's sickness out there. You have to be strong, you know, to avoid that and to be aware of the dangers uh, that life will throw in your path, too. So that probably won't make a lot yeah. of sense. But you know. I do know. When you see it now, you'll know. Are you doing Full Country from Xanadu? I am. I thought you would because... We're just doing Fool, though. Yeah. Because I, I, I would never be able to make oh, that. Yeah. Don't think that I haven't thought, oh, my God. Fool is there is a way, costume-wise, that we could do yeah. the tap number into yeah. that? It's um, a lot. But I, I thought you would because that rock and roll, that's uh, the one, right? Just Fool is... I'm not is, in any love for a while. It's uh, just um, the best. I became obsessed with this physical album when it was I was a senior in high school. Except my full, just so you look know, at my, that. Oh my god! No, no it's it's your, well. I have to your full country. It, it, it's a little big, and I have to do something. Leopard Yes. Oh my god! I am sitting. There it's right here in the room country. with us. I'm in the room where it happens. <laughs> um, physical. I was. That's obsessed. my physical sweatshirt. I just made that oh. at three o'clock in the morning last the night. Best. Uh, and I wore that album out. Stranger physical. Touch. My so favorite good. is recovery because you know the pre-show. Love, I yeah, I love, it. I love it. Um, yeah, the pre-show features the songs that didn't make the show, but one from every album. Which that's my other favorite uh, so, thing. It, is. So, I, so we're just sitting there. We're going to be listening. Oh, to please oh. Uh, get into that theater as fast as I you can, so you can hear it. seventy-five minutes yeah. of deep cuts. I remember I bought four tickets when I was a freshman in college at Arizona State University for the physical tour. And, you know, I didn't know who I was going to take. And so I found one friend to go with me, and I just couldn't find anyone else that wanted to go. Really? I, yeah. So I didn't have a lot of friends when I was a freshman. Where was this? Arizona was State. Oh, okay. Yeah. So I put up, at the time I was uh, Mormon. And I was, really? Yeah. I, I was raised Mormon. I And I remember going to the, like, the church on campus for, like, a week. I didn't, once I got into theater, I was like, oh, this, this is, is my church. church. Exactly. Um, but I remember putting an ad on the bulletin board at the at the institute, the Mormon place, saying I have these two extra tickets for Olivia Newton-John if she anybody was, wants me. She was banned at that time, too. Well, somebody so. wrote on it. When they went back, somebody wrote on my little poster, Slut Rock. Ah, and I was like... I love it. Yeah, Slut Rock. Slut Rock. I know. We should coin that. That's I know. good. It's I like good. It. And I was like, but I still... I don't, I don't even know who I ended up taking. But that was the... You know, she jumped rope. Listen, um, when we're... She sat on the steps and saying, I honestly love you. I pull from live concerts, TV specials, music videos, yeah. audio. That 
tour that you saw because Heart Attack, I believe that would have been the tour that Heart yeah. Attack was. So yes. it really would have been was it? The, well, she did the physical tour, but then she did the Greatest Hits Volume Two tour, yeah, which is Olivia in Concert eighty eighty two was on HBO. But she, at the end of the concert, after she has jumped rope, worked out, remember she's chasing the backup dancers who are running from her? She is going up and down stairs singing Xanadu, and I'm looking at her going, my God. I mean, I know that was 30 years ago, but still, that is exhausting that you can maintain that. And I wanted to tell you that she was actually the second concert I was ever taken to in 1975 at the Monroe Civic Center. So I saw her, that would have been on the, um, like, something's, something better, uh, Clearly Love. Yes. Or maybe the Have You Never Been Mellow. Yeah. Do you know what my first concert was, which was a month before Olivia Newton-John? What? Elvis. Oh, my God, you saw I know, Elvis' I, concert. I saw Elvis, the first wow. concert, and then literally, uh, maybe it was a year later, but uh, it was very close at the same venue. I saw Olivia Newton-John. Incredible. Yeah. Um... I love the lyrics to Have You Never Been Mellow, because it's kind of about... It's a stoner song. It's kind of like, yeah, and it's also like, it's, it's, you're sort of calling somebody out on their neuroses. Like, you're... you're like, chill out. Chill out, dude. Yeah. yeah. It, it's, it's not like a, a love song or anything. It's more like, you're getting worked up about nothing. Exactly. It's the you need to calm down it, of the it era. It is. What you... What, is that Ariana That's, or Taylor, uh, Taylor Swift? Swift. Did you ha- did you happen to watch the Taylor documentary on um I, I have it, but I have to say, for someone who I, uh, again, I, I think she's super talented. And right. I think she, she's, that, she's that talented songwriter that she just does the best with her yeah. like, the vocal ability. For sure. Like a li- she's, you know, can sing better than Liz Fair. But I always go, I like a girl that even though you can't sing that good, you can you write entertain. And you, and again, she's so, I think she's so funny now. The fact that she's wielding her power and her success in such a good way that goes against the corporate... Because, again, she's who you want to go after uh, corporations who buy out labels. Because didn't she... They bought her music and she was like, oh, really, bitch? I'll show you. I'm going to re-record every one of my albums on my own label that I'm just going to... So... I love She's that. She's big I stands, really, really you know? do. And in this documentary, she she really takes a big stand for GLBT, LGBT people mm-hmm. and also the sexual harassment suit and all this stuff. But she makes a point in the documentary, which I really liked, but she was like, women pop stars have to reinvent yourself every three or four years. Men oh, yeah. Oh, Men yeah. get to be the same their whole career. Well, so I did. Women, I you had have to, reinv- to reinvent. I had to reinvent myself. Yeah. You know, that... It's very interesting you say that because she had several inventions. Like, do you talk about someone that really did reinvent herself? She absolutely did. And it was perfect timing because, you know, she was putting out two albums. Back then, you put out two albums a year. Now, granted, okay, I always use Blondie as an example of that. Olivia can put out two albums a year because back then, they were taking songs from Chris Christopherson and Gordon Lightfoot. Right. And Helen Reddy had those same songs. Melissa May. They all recorded Help Me Make It Through the Night or, you know, whatever. So it's easy, you know, when you're submitted songs and you're an interpreter, you can put out two albums a year. It's still exhausting, though, if you think about it. Someone like Blondie that, you know, you have to get six rambunctious, you know, punks together, write an album, then tour, then, oh, my God, another album's coming out. But back then they did that. 
And around the time of 77, so let's say Olivia had already done Grease or was filming it and she knew, she had an album out called Making a Good Thing Better, which I remember seeing. So for my Olivia Newton-John trajectory, it was the first album I ever bought was Let Me Be There because I sang Let Me Be There in the first time ever at the Farm Bureau talent show in Tallulah, Louisiana. People still talk about it. Honey, I was dressed as Raggedy Andy and I sang to a Raggedy Ann doll. I'm even going to bring back the original choreography, Catch You When You Fall. I love it. Okay. Um, and... Um, so I can't remember what I was going to Oh, making so good around, making good, uh, around 77, after she had put out two albums a year, she had a deal with MCA Records, you know, and she said, I'm not doing any more records for you because you didn't promote my last record. And I had never heard about this, but she, again, this is before George Michael, Prince, my, they all, before they did it, she stopped and she said, you're not getting another album. And it was like, oh, really? And then she comes out with Grease, which was on RSO Records, so a totally different label. And look what happened. Yeah. The biggest album of all time. Did MCA Records, you know, were they really feeling that that was going to come out of Olivia at that time? No. They were ready to go, well, well, we got our Grammy Awards for I Honestly Love You, and now I guess it's time to move on to whoever the next big thing was coming up. You know, Dottie West, I don't know. Right. Um, but she really showed them, and she wound up staying on MCA Records for the rest. And But it's also interesting if you go into iTunes and things, and then if you look at Wikipedia, because I was looking at what label things are on. There's a lot of stuff on MCA, but then there's records she did for Mercury, and then EMI shows up. So this is all corporations swallowing up other companies and then music, entire albums get lost. Yeah. Like, you can't find a lot of her stuff. And I think that really, I think that really does a disservice to artists also. It's like, make, if you, you know, make that shit available if you're not going to print up any more CDs or vinyl. Yeah. Well, in her mm-hmm. new book, which I listened to on audio, that fight with the label was a major part oh, of it. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. And, 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 it, and it really does <clears throat> give it its due of, like, she was one of the first artists to stand up mm-hmm. in this way. Mm-hmm. And the, what, the courage that it took, and, like, she writes about that. And mm-hmm. I, was, I was like, as a, as a big fan, I never really knew that business part of it. Um, but uh, I, Xanadu was a touchstone for me. Me too. I rem- I cut out. I still have it, I think. Did you know how to pronounce it? Because I remember how I originally thought. Because I remember... It was, I think it was the People magazine that she was on the cover of, Roller Skating. Yeah. It was that great cover. And then I was looking at it in the drugstore when I was probably in the sixth grade. And then on the back cover, it was Xanadu and it was that picture. And yeah. Then, but it was the deco letters that it made it look weird. And I thought it was Xandal. I, I, I had no, yeah. I had never heard of that word. I didn't Neither know did what I. Xandal was. But I ran home, Mama, Xandal. Yeah, I saw Grease 13 times in a row. It played my little twin cinema in Vicksburg, Mississippi, 13 weeks in a row, its first run, and I saw it every Saturday in a row, 13 times in a row. Well, what amazes me about Grease is the casting. Every person in that movie is perfect for it, from Dodie Goodman to Maxwell, or... um Lorenzo Lamas, just like everybody, and their little moments, Susan every Butner, little moment, Patty Simcox, everything, Jan, everyone lands. Marty, which is why you know there's a big thing that people love to go. 
why Grease 2 is a better movie than Grease. And right. then I just, you know, I'm that, you know, Generation X that just falls out laughing because I literally have more and more people that will sit there and try. And I'm like, I, I get it. They're only saying that because of Michelle Pfeiffer's character, because she's a huge star. She's the only one that left Grease 2, you know, behind and came out smelling like a rose because she's fucking Michelle Pfeiffer. She did have Cool Rider, the best song in the show, which doesn't sound like any song in Grease. Right. The whereas songs, other the songs, songs in Grease 2, well, because they're not good songs. Yeah. So it's like I can give you 30 reasons off the top of my head why Grease is better than Grease 2. Right. And most of it is just um, Olivia Newton-John, John Travolta, Stalker Chan. It's like, come on. Yeah. Eve are, you know what I mean? Eve's in both. But even, you know, they just, they, it was just, it just wasn't, the music just wasn't as good. And if the music isn't good, your musical is not going to be as good in yeah. the story. Yeah, even if some of the gender roles and stuff are more better in this, or all of that Ex- stuff that people like to talk about. Exactly. If you don't, if you don't like the songs... It's still the same movie. They yeah. just switched parts. Yeah. You know what I mean? Um, the, the other guy even has a freaking accent. But wasn't he supposed to be Sandy's cousin or something? He might have been so Sandy's cousin. I, uh, I, in my hometown theater, the Roxy Theater, I remember going to a double feature of Grease 2 and Xanadu. Oh, my so God. So, Grease 2 happened. Well, Grease 2 was 82. Yes. Wasn't it? How would... Zan- I don't know. They somehow... I don't know. They may happen. And I think it wasn't right in their original run, but it was happening. And the power went out in the whole town during Xanadu. <laughs> like, ten minutes into it. And it was really pandemonium. It's so fun. People were throwing <laughs> things and laughing. It was just pure joyfulness that this happened. And then we left, and they wouldn't give us our money back because they said it was an act of God. And I said, you know, Sanity's not a great movie. But I don't know if God would try to stop it. Right. You know, but that was that's that's a favorite Xanadu movie. Were you at the s- screening that we all went to at the Henry Ford Theater that time for Outfest? Probably, yeah. And I had we, we all made shirts, Xanadu shirts. There were all of us. Oh, really? I yeah. don't remember that. I yeah. remember I being there, part but of this literally. And it was one of those things that normally that would have been the most, you know, it would have been the worst experience because everyone was talking back. Yeah. You know, because, you know, gay men, if there's one there, he thinks he's the funniest guy in the room, even though there might be 10,000 people there. Right. And it was happening. Everyone was the funniest person in the room. We, I just remember every comment we would, it was just this camaraderie of love for this silly movie. And I have to say, it's like every, we were laying part of, I mean, I don't want to give everything. We were laying part of the movie in the show last night. And I was just like, Dennis, I literally like, I am so, let's see, I'll start crying again. It It just makes me so emotional. The weird thing about, I guess what I, what I do and, and with drag and, and again, you talk about reinvention and, you know, I, had I not discovered drag, I don't know really what I would be doing, you know, because, you know, I love doing sketch comedy with the Nellie Olsons, which is how we met and everything. But, you know, those things can't last forever. And you also can't, sometimes you're just not satisfied, you know, with the opportunity that it's not giving you, you know. And now that I've been able to find a way to create a show that's not based on story as much, even though I wish I was better at story. There's just something about being able to create 
something that's an homage to, especially to, to women, you know, that, that meant a lot to me as a kid. Now that I get to literally charge money and have people, you know, come and support me when, again, we're just doing what we did in our bedrooms when we were in the sixth grade. I have a towel on my head and I've got a hairbrush and I am, honey, I am full of, and I am, I am, I am, you know, because I'm doing the, yeah. my, my favorite is, is when you I do know full, exactly what you're going to do. You know, oh yeah, it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's just, it's that, it's that, it's that, the way she's running around right. those dancers. Yeah, yeah. I always like to look at Fool, and I like to go, you know, they, they had to have shot, the, no, they had to have shot this in order, because if you notice when she does the reprise of Xanadu, you know, yeah. when the muses are all in blue ice and everything, right. she's just standing there, you know, she just has to stand there and, and then yeah. do that. Fool, she's moving a little bit, but I felt, felt like, she had done so much choreography. And wait till you see the TV specials, because her choreography, people forget what she was doing in these TV specials. I'm not going to say what it is, but but she did a TV special one time that it was the number where my mother was having a cow. <laughs> my mother was like, she's just changed. And, I, you know, and I just, I couldn't believe it, but my, I, the, you know, it was scandalous. But th- to get to just kind of, like, live out now a 70s TV special... So are there like, clips in the show? Oh, yeah. The, it is nonstop Olivia Oh, my genre. God. Because it's, it's part a of... A lot of your story. shows are these incredible video collages that are so artfully put together, and sometimes you interact with them. And I love that you have found Love, Connie, because... As someone that's known you for a long time, your frame of reference was always so specifically you, and it feels like you found this vehicle where you get exactly. to do all your obsessions, right? Exactly. And it's like so fun to watch and go and see, and and it makes me happy for you that you found your place to do your thing. I, I am so, I really am. I'm so happy. I yeah. mean, I want to survive. It's not about right. It's ma- hard. making money. I mean, it it is, and it's like you know, I'm still you know, it it's weird. I'm still in that that kind of you know, the water is still up to my chin, but yeah. it's that thing of where, hey, I, I, the floaty still has a little air in it, so I'm just going to ride it out. And again, I, I, I'm I having more and more fun right. doing it every year, the older. That's every great. year it gets harder to do. I'm still having more fun. But you enjoy it more. Oh, That's my God. amazing. Because I, I there's a lot of things that I do for the, because I like to do them, like this podcast, for example. Mm-hmm. And you know what? I think when we look back, did we make a lot of money? Were we, you know? You're not going to remember that. You're going to go, you did the thing. Mm -hmm. That's all that matters is if you do the thing, you get to do the thing, Mm -hmm. I think. I have my phone, and I have an Olivia Newton-John quiz on here. Oh, let's do it. Um, Let's see if I can uh, play the quiz. Mm -hmm. Okay. We, we, We could do this together. Um, which of the following singles by Olivia did not reach number one in Britain? Summer Nights, You're the One That I Want, Hopefully, Hopelessly Devoted, or Xanadu? Ooh. Um, Who knows? God, Summer Nights? Let's do Summer Nights. No, it's Hopelessly Devoted. How weird. Such a big hit yeah. here. I Honestly Love You was co-written by... Peter Allen. Peter Allen. Boom, Yep. Which of the following did not reach number one on the U.S. adult contemporary chart? Oh, come on. These, these are weird. Uh, have you never been mellow? Which that we was talked about. One. Please, Mr. Please, great song. That was probably number one. Sam, hopelessly devoted to you. I would say Sam. Yeah, I love Sam. Sam though. was one of her best songs, though. Hopelessly devoted to you, did not. Really? That is so weird. Okay. Sam is one of the few pop songs written in three, four time. I love it. 
Which which of the following Olivia singles was not a remake? Sam, Jolene, Banks of the Ohio, oh, Ohio, What is Life? Sam. Sam, I think was What original. is Life is George Harrison. Yeah. Banks Boom. of the Ohio is traditional. And what was Olivia's first husband was John yeah. Easterling, oh. Travolta, Matt Latanzi, John <laughs> Farrar. It's Latanzi, right? Yes. She wasn't married before that. No. Okay. Olivia represented UK at Eurovision the year yes. that it was won by... ABBA, ABBA. Yeah, that's, that's one of the choices. Yep. Before achieving solo success, Olivia performed in a duo with... Pat and Olivia. Yeah, Pat Carroll. Pat Carroll, yep. In 2012, Olivia released a Christmas album recorded with... Oh, my God. Travolta. That crazy Travolta. That train... It that freaks me out. I'm so glad. I'm so glad that she's moved on from that, because that was the moment where you're like, oh, my God, wrong road, Olivia. Wrong road. <laughs> I love their bond over time, but it, but but then there's it's a dangerous bond. It, 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 it it's can one of those be. things. It's like you're okay. You can't be holding coffee mugs in front of it. You know what I mean? That's yeah. cheesy. Yeah. But when he puts on a leather jacket and she put it on that poodle skirt and they went to that sing along, like seriously. Yeah. Again, gonna break down and start crying my yeah. eyes out. Yeah. I just love them so much. In 1990, Olivia reached number one in Australia with a live album, oh. the deluxe edition of Xanadu, a duets album with John Farham, or the Grease Megamix. Oh, wait, in 1990? 1990. Um, it's not the John Farham album, but that is a great yeah. live album, let me tell you. And you know what they call him in Australia? What? Farnsey. It's Farnsey. So, I know, so I've never cute. heard of him. Um, what were the choices? A live album, a deluxe edition of the Xanadu soundtrack, Duets album with John Farham, Grease Megamix. I think it was Grease Megamix. I think so, too. Because that's when Grease Megamix yes, was we were right. coming back. Elton John co-wrote and co-produced a single by Olivia entitled, I know this. Once the rumor spreads. spreads. It sounds like such a And Elton you know what's John funny? Song. is you know He and Bernie just uh, wrote won the, the Rocket song Man. for yeah. the Rocket Man. And Elton goes, hey, it's the first song we've written together. And I go, no, bitch. You wrote the rumor for Olivia Newton-John, both of you. Right. Bernie and Elton, so... No, I think it's the first award they won. Oh, first award they won? I was going to say, they've written... They've written a million songs together. I think it was the first time they were awarded something for something they did together, which seems amazing. Well, who looks like a fool now? Me. Which of the fool... Which of the Wherever you go. You know, I still don't know the lyrics. I should look up the lyrics before. <laughs> okay. I thought it was, you're reminded... I can't I wait. You know what? At the end of this, let's look up the full lyrics. Okay. Okay. Which of the following has yet to duet with Olivia? ELO, Cliff Richard, Barbara Streisand, Andy Gibb. Barbara Streisand. Streisand. Yeah. Could you imagine? Oh, That'd remember be Andy awful. Gibb? Oh, In 1977, Olivia released a remake you of You know, song. Victoria Principal killed him. Just, she just did it. <laughs> uh, she released... In 1977, a remake of the song from the stage musical Jesus Christ Superstar, Harry, Tommy, Avita. Avita, girl. Yeah. Even back then, they were like, well, we've got to consider Olivia Newton-John for the part. Yeah. All right, so that's enough fun stuff for that. I, thought it was I fun. think we did good. There's more, but you know what? We, we're like going to wrap it. it up soon. I love it. We did good. Um, we were going to look up the full lyrics. We can do it after. Don't forget we have these. Oh, yeah, you have a, a few questions from the observation deck. That's from the observation deck. Uh, yeah, I have to be home by 2 because I'm on a call with my Facebook advertising person for the game. So oh I'm in good shape. We're fine. Um, here's a fun one. Who's the most famous or memorable person you've ever been in an elevator with? 
Oh, I have the best elevator story involving Melissa Leo. Do you remember, you know, Academy Award-winning actress? She's brilliant. She had been around forever, and, you know, as you can see, I love to collect old movies. Right. I also love any movie where the lead character is a prostitute or a teenage runaway prostitute, whatever. So there is a film Melissa Leo did. It was her first film. She's young in it, and it's uh, called Streetwalking, and it's got Julie Newmar in it, all these random people. So I was at, I believe it was AFI or something, and maybe The Fighter. She, it was before her Consider This Oscar campaign. Right. Um, and the, we were on the roof of the parking structure over at Arclight, where the dome is. And the elevator doors opened, and me and, I guess, a friend, or maybe it was me by myself, was getting on the elevator, but Melissa was getting off. Right. And as she got off, I was in the elevator, and I said, Melissa, Melissa. And she turned around, and she smiled at me. And I go, I have to tell you, I love this one movie you did. And she goes, what movie is that? And as the elevator started to close, I said, street walking. And she goes, uh-huh. <laughs> and the elevator door closed as she was giddily laughing. Giddily laughing. And just like, she was clearly no delighted. No one has ever. Yeah. You know, and I thought, oh, yeah, you were great in The Fighter. You yeah. were wonderful in Frozen River. But streetwalking? Yeah. Brilliant. With an apostrophe, it sounds like. Yep. What's something you've worn only because someone else wanted you to? When you were a kid, did your parents make you wear anything that you didn't want? Oh, well, hand-me-downs. Yeah. You know, there are school pictures with, like, turtlenecks that were my brother's that I loathed. My mother had, she had really bad taste in, she had brilliant taste in clothes for herself, the worst taste in shopping for others. She wanted to always pick out, you know, a rust sweater. Right. Like, you know, I was into, again, to quote Drew Drogi, Bright colors and bold patterns. That's right. Know? That was your and thing. I can remember her like, they'll yeah. call you a fruit. Yeah. They will call you a fruit. That was the warning. Mom, they call me a fruit anyway. Yeah, they, they kind of make my Let living. That <laughs> and we were at merry-go-round. Yeah. Like, what are you talking about? It's yeah, yeah, yeah. What does your, your family think of uh, Love, Connie? Well, you know, they've never, until um, this past November, no family member had ever seen any any show I had done since... Six Flags over Texas. Wow. Yeah. And then what happened recently? Um, well, I got Listen. booked in um, um, Houston to do the French Festival, and I have a lot of cousins. I have a lot of people I went to college with at a Southern Baptist University. Yeah. And my brother lives there. My brother is very, you know, conservative, pretty, stra- I would say pretty straight-laced. And right. Everything. He's, he's not... He's not like me at all. His emotions are very controlled, you know. Yeah. Um, he's very funny, though. He has a great sense of humor. So, and it was at a really great venue. So I did the show, and, I mean, I it, it was a wonderful experience. It's like all the, my cousins loved it. The girls that I went to college with. You know, were great, and my brother was, he is, yeah, he's wonderful, so. That must I mean, have meant a lot. It was great. I mean, my, I'm from a family that has a good sense of humor. Right. I don't, I think if they heard about something, they might be like, I don't think I want to see that, but when it's presented for you, and it's like, just go see it, then I think they get, I think, I think he got what I do. 
You yeah. know what I mean? That's I think that's the most part. Whether they like it, I mean, that's relative. It's art. Not everyone is going, you know. But they likes, were there. Yeah. That's awesome. He likes, you that know, my he likes football games. Yeah. He's yeah, a yeah. sports-minded guy. But I think he respect. I could tell that they respected that. Oh, you got that video? You got, wow, this took a lot of work, time, money, you know. Yeah. Maybe he's not a bum. You know? I love it. We love Olivia so much. I do. Yeah. I love her. She's such a goodness, wholesome. It's all so good. And if people right? come see this show, you're just, you're going to be educated. You're going to learn so much about her and hopefully learn a little about ourselves too. I love that. And this is my final question. Is there something about Connie's personality that you try to use to embolden yourself in your own life? In other words, like, I can express this thing. Connie would be like this, so I, I'm going to be more like this. The weird thing for me, like with the whole identity stuff that comes around, um, that is around, um, it just made me, it kind of made me aware, you know, because, I mean, obviously I identify as male, and then you get with the whole drag thing, and now with, you know, trans drag perform, you know, it's, right. the lines are also blurred. But with identity the one thing that I think Connie helped me realize was when I'm watching a film, I don't identify with male characters at all. Interesting. I know, and I never realized this. Um, The first film I ever remember being really moved by was Poseidon Adventure, and those four female characters, I think, are some of just the best written female characters, their archetypes, their they're vivid, the, they're memorable. Uh, the innocent, you know, girl that's in love, the old tired slut that's seen it all. Right. The lead singer of the band and the woman that of course, you know Saves the day. Think, that saves the day that thinks she's too fat, you know? Yeah. It's like we can identify with all of those. We've always been in love with an older man or a preacher like Pamela Sue. Right. We want to be Debbie Harry like Carol Lindley. Yeah. We're all sluts like Stella, and we're all fat, you know? And I always, you know, I love to <laughs> like say Shelley that. Like Well, we're, we're, yeah. we all have that because, you know, we're so focused on our physicality and not being fey and everything that, you know, we eat our feelings yeah. and then blah, blah, blah. But it wasn't until Jackie Brown, you know, that that happened again where I saw a movie and I went, oh, my God, I relate to every female character in here. The thing about Jackie Brown is that it was when I was older. And again, the characters were a lot more flawed than the characters in the Poseidon Adventure. So there was some perspective there. And I'm like, hmm. And Connie's given you a place to put all of those things. This wonderful. Yeah, yes. And to entertain at the same time. So I'm going to leave you with one little Olivia obsession. Are you also obsession obsessed with the way, um, and have you never been mellow where she says, kick, your shoes off. Oh, I love it. I'm like, foot. is that a foot fetish? Or yeah. What? Well, you know, that, <laughs> what goes before it? No. Um, Running um, around as, as you do with your head up in the clouds. clouds. I was like you. Never had time to lay back. Kick, kick your shoes off. Close your eyes. Well, it's one, that little kick thing that she One does. thing that, you know, you ha- well, well, now that, you know, when we've been editing things, right. Mr. The guy that I edit with, Mr. Dan, will be like, oh, 
Do you hear her big inhale before her nose? She is, Olivia is a very breathy singer. And when I come out in my first song, you're going to hear a lot of feel. I mean, there is a lot of breathiness and sexiness that's in there. You know what we didn't talk about that we just have to mention? Koala Blue. Google it. Google image, When I first moved to L.A., it was on Melrose (laughs) Avenue. It was her store. And I would go get a blue milkshake. And you would always Uh, buy uh, them. uh, the brand they stuff. had blue milkshake. They had blue milkshake. Was it at Fred Siegel or something? What it, was, it was going it, it on? Was in that area. It was on that, it was on that strip. I, you know, when I mention it on Facebook, people be like, oh my God, I worked there in the eight. And I'm going, no, what? Yeah. Where are these people? Because I want someone to do the Koala Blue documentary. And I, she I, talks about it in the book, the audio book. Oh, I love so, it. I can't anyway, wait. I, just, I love that you're doing the show. I can't wait to see it. I'm so um, inspired by what you do. And thank you for doing the podcast. I love you, Dennis. Love you, Dennis. Thanks again to John Cantwell and Love Connie for our ONJ flashback episode. Um, I loved it. All right. Uh, I also want to let you know that uh, John, as Love Connie, does this cool thing at Akbar called um, Soundtrack Sundays. And next Sunday, the 28th, they're going to be performing songs and playing songs from the movie Foxes, speaking of flashbacks. So check that out. And you can learn more about what uh, Love Connie is up to at Real Love Connie on Instagram. You can also see a tearful um, tribute to Olivia on there. So uh, check it out. All right. So this happened. Speaking of flashbacks, I saw two movies from past decades um, outdoors recently. Out- this has been like outdoor movie, movie summer for me. That's my thing. I... Uh, I keep an eye out for those kind of things, but I, I also have friends that host outdoor movies. Like that's all I seem to do uh, for fun. But you know what? I love it. So, on f- uh, a couple nights ago, I saw Speed on the roof of the Sherman Oaks Fashion Square, and I'm obsessed with that uh, outdoor setting in their series. It's so cheap, and they do such a good job. Anyway, Speed holds up as an action movie. Uh, you know, like I would just remember in some of my writing courses and things, people were saying, well, raise the stakes, raise the stakes. And you're constantly trying to ratchet up whatever's happening in your story. And boy, does that movie do it. Like, oh, now he's going to go under the bus. Oh, now he's going to try to do a video thing. Oh, now they're on the train. Like, it just keeps tightening the screws and raising the stakes. And um, Sandra Bullock, adorable in it. And here's why I think she became a star, because she's very winning in it, but she also gets to show a lot of colors. She's crying, she's hysterical, she's afraid, she's funny. And then at the end, she's like, well, I guess we'll have to base our relationship on sex. It's kind of like, ooh, you're a little, a little mischief at the end, too. Man, we got to have more of this Sandra Bullock in our lives. And Keanu is um, a blank slate, but gosh, he's cute. And he was really fit, and he runs, and he's fit, and I love it. So Speed uh, holds up. Also, last night I watched uh, at an outdoor screening at a friend's place, an officer and a gentleman, because it's the 30th, 40th anniversary. I think it's the 40th. Wow. Um, yeah, I'm I'm uh, getting up there in years. But I will say this. I said it in my book screening party, and I still believe it. Richard Gere has the best walk of anyone in Hollywood. I would pay good money to see a movie called Richard Gere Walks for two hours. I would watch it. Uh, I, and I might go back. And um, and then I would I'd also take videos on my phone and risk being arrested for piracy in this in this screening. But anyway, I loved the movie. Um, it had that feeling of like they don't make them like that anymore kind of movie because it's a drama with adults. There's no franchise. There's no IP in it, and you felt like the writer really knew that particular town where people go to officer school and the local people are affected by it, and the girls try to find husbands and. The whole thing. Um, and uh, Richard Gere, man. 
what an underrated actor. I love him, and he's so sexy. And ah, oh, and Deborah Winger, they were great together. Apparently, they didn't like each other, but they're they're so she's so alive on camera. And then when he comes in and gets her at the end, it's amazing. But um, Lou Gossett Jr. won an Oscar for supporting actor as the drill sergeant, and he says this really homophobic thing at the beginning when he's welcoming the new uh, trainees. And he's like, where are you from? Texas. Well, Texas is known for two things, steers and queers. And which one are you? And it's like, oh, fuck. I mean, I could do without the homophobia, right? Well, then at the end, Richard Gere is um, watching him welcome the new recruits. And he does, you know, something like Iowa. That's known for two things, steers and queers. Like, the homophobia is part of his shtick. And the movie is saying, therefore, it's part of his charm. It's like, oh, he's doing that thing, that queer-hating thing. Gosh, I love when he hates gays, isn't it? It's so cute that he does that every time. It's hilarious. I love it. Makes me love him even more um, that he that wasn't that it wasn't a one of. That's part of his regular script. Um, otherwise, <laughs> apart from the movie um, hating me and my ilk, I was all in, and love did lift us up where we belong. So anyway, worth a relook. All right, that's enough for this week. Before I leave, I want to give a shout-out to AJ Sousa for his uh, mixing and also J.B. Bursey for his technical support. My theme music is composed by Mark Daniels and licensed through Placement Music. We'll see you next time on Dennis Anyone. Bye. Bye.